At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again on the HHC Silver Linings Edition. Hornets fell last night to the Miami Heat. 121 to 111. Quite frankly, it wasn't that close. Hornets getting the better of the heat at the tail end of the game. Miami really putting it on the Hornets in the third quarter, pulling away, outscoring Charlotte by 13 in that third frame. And they scored 30 or more in each of the first three quarters on their way to their 35th win of the season. At the end of the game, Hornets end up falling to 31 and 33 on the campaign. Their lead for eighth is now down to just half a game. We're going to talk about what the last eight games might have in store for the Hornets as they try and solidify themselves in that 7-8 game, at least, for the play-in tournament. Also going to talk about the LaMelo Ball Rookie of the Year campaign. It has officially resumed here this weekend. We'll give you our thoughts on how things stand for the Hornets' Wonder Kids chances. And, of course, our silver linings for this game from last night. Helping me with all this, Rob Longo, producer on the Hornets Radio Network. And Rob, a 121-111 defeat to Miami. And uh, Miami just played better last night. I I don't think there's a real mystery to this one. I don't think the Hornets were incapable of getting the win. I think being shorthanded didn't help at all. I think Miami's stars played like stars. Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler both had terrific ball games. 20 points and 10 assists for Adebayo, 18 points eight boards, eight assists for Butler, and they just plain outplayed the Hornets last night. I think James Borrego did a really good job explaining everything in the postgame press conference last night, just the way that the game shook out. The off-ball stuff from Miami looked really good, and that started early and often, really. I mean, Bam Adebayo was kind of that axe factor 
the first couple minutes of the game, everything on the offensive side of the ball for Miami was running through him, and he was facilitating. He finishes with a double-double and not the traditional way with points and rebounds. It was points and assists. He had 10 assists, and he also had 7 rebounds. So he almost ended up with a triple-double. He is a revolutionary center in that sense, and you're starting to see a lot of those guys in the league like Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic and and just those kind of guys who they're pretty much unguardable the way that they play the game because you know they have so much length they can shoot over you from a distance and they have the range and they have the size and the athleticism it's really impressive what those guys are able to do but not to gush any more about Bam Adebayo again he played really well and the team just kind of fed off it from there Hornets got into foul trouble Miles Bridges PJ Washington each had three fouls at the end of the first half P.J. picked up his fourth not even two minutes into the third quarter, and then from there, things just kind of snowballed. Miami just found an extra gear, really impressive on the second night of a back-to-back, considering they didn't have Victor Oladipo and Tyler Hero with them at all for either last night's game or Saturday's game. So, you know, again, this is a Miami team that's only a year removed from an NBA Finals appearance as a four seed. And, you know, you can say whatever you want about it, being in the bubble, being in a controlled environment. Hey, at the end of the day, they still got there and they still played the Los Angeles Lakers extremely hard in the finals. So, you know, it's one of those things where Miami just hasn't played well this season for whatever reason. But, you know, anytime it gets close to the postseason and playoff time, they're always a team to look out for. And they're certainly playing better now. They've won 13 now of their last 19 games and making a run to avoid the play in tournaments. They moved up to sixth with that victory last night. You know, offensively, I thought that P.J. Washington matched. Bam Adebayo, stat for stat pretty much. You know, he had 21 points. Bam ended up with 20, where Adebayo is the stronger rebounder more often than not and was a very good facilitator last night. P.J. Washington brings that three-point threat and his uh, his help off the ball. He's equally as good a shot blocker as Bam Adebayo is. You know, I kind of look at it as Bam Adebayo in year four of his career looks like a guy who's two years more developed than P.J. Washington in terms of you know, Bam does that kind of stat line more consistently than P.J. Washington does. But P.J.'s got every tool in the toolkit minus two inches of height. You know, he's he's going to be at a disadvantage defending the Joel Embiid's of the world, even more so than Bam Adebayo already is. But P.J.'s ability to stretch the floor hopefully counters that. So it, it's an interesting dynamic of this one. I thought P.J. Washington did some things nice out there offensively to match Adebayo's production. But this is one where I think the Hornets got they got punished a little bit at times for going small, which if you're an opponent of the Hornets and you see that, you're going to try and do it. To the Hornets' credit, not a lot of teams have been able to. So, you know, this was one night where Charlotte, you know, got beat up a little bit. And also, I thought it was a game where Gordon Hayward was really, really missed. And uh, I know Miles Bridges' numbers have been spectacular filling in for Gordon Hayward, but it got to keep going back to it. The team is 6-10 and 10 since he went out to injury. He is a huge piece to this puzzle. And while the Hornets have been able to tread water without him, they're not playing at their, their best basketball of the season. That was back when Gordon Hayward was out there on the floor. Before we give out our silver linings, Miles Bridges talked about the physicality of this last game and just talked about who Miami really is. I mean, these team, this, this team was in the finals last year. Uh, they know what it's like to be in the playoffs. Mostly everybody on the team don't know how to be in the playoffs besides Gordon, Terry, Big Cody Zeller. So, yeah, I mean, they played more physical than us today and it showed. And I think that's 
the points of this season. You know, early in the year when LaMelo Ball was drafted and showed all this promise, there were some fans out there and some people on Twitter and some podcasters or whatnot who said, well, all right, well, now it's time to tank because we just need one more lottery pick, one more person to make this happen. And the truth of the matter is that you need the experience of going to the postseason. you, you got to have that. It has to start to become ingrained in you that this is the expectation. It's not enough to score 20 points and lose. It's more important to score 15 and sacrifice and win. And the team has got the sacrifice part for each other down. Now it's about having the payoff of make it to the postseason. They're very close. Magic number remains at four right now. But I think that quote there is a sign that Miles understands that, you know, Miami knows how to play in the playoffs because they've been to the playoffs. The Hornets don't know what they don't know just yet. And I think a lot of that stuff that Miles said right there, too, is him just kind of coming to terms with things because I think this was a growing pains game for him tonight just in the sense that, yeah, he had 15 points, but I don't think Miles has ever been doubled before in a game. And Miami started doubling him at a couple of points whenever he was touching the ball on a perimeter, and I think that kind of threw him off a little bit. He's not used to that attention from the other team. So, you know, give credit to Eric Spolstra and the Miami Heat for a great game plan. I mean, you got a guy like Spolstra who's been in the league for now 13 seasons. He's coached over 1,000 games. That has a lot to do with the way that these teams are able to produce and they're able to execute. Again, Miami's a little bit of an older team. They're experienced. They've been to the finals last year. you got to keep everything in perspective. Again, the Hornets, they are ahead of schedule from what a lot of people expected. You know, a lot of people expected them to only win 25 games this year. They're going to probably beat that by 10 games or so, depending on what happens the rest of the way out. But again, the way that this season shakes out, it's, you know, just trying to get experience game by game. And as much as you want these last couple of games here down the stretch to feel like some playoff basketball, nothing replicates that once you get to the finals and it's win or go home. You still got a couple games left. That's when, you know, those jitters are going to kick in and that's where that playoff experience really takes over. And that's where you're really going to miss Gordon Hayward if he's not going to be able to come back in time. But knock on wood, hopefully he joins the team sooner rather than later and that playoff experience is able to just be an added element to this Hornets team. Yeah, that is definitely the overwhelming hope for the Hornets. And uh, hey, if he comes back, this team is very, very dangerous. There's there's no question about that. But for the moment, Hornets' magic number to make the play-in tournament at minimum remains at four after a 121-111 loss to Miami. Before we move on to our next topic, Rob, your silver linings from last night's game. Well, I'm just going to be very generic, but I got to go with LaMelo Ball. Now a steal by Malik Monk. Furthers the ball ahead to Lamelo into the lane. Scoop with the right hand. Yes, plus the foul. And a high kick for emphasis. Hoop in the arm. Finish through the contact. Lamelo ball is back. Just the energy that he brings when he is out on the floor, it almost fascinates me. Now, we'll get into Lamelo a little bit later on here in the segments, but the way that the team just rallies around him, anytime he's on the floor, it just seems like everybody all of a sudden has an extra gear. And I think that play there where Malik Monk was able to get that steal and see LaMelo streaking down the floor just is kind of a microcosm of what LaMelo brings to this team. I'm going to go with Jalen McDaniels. Second straight night, he had nine rebounds, which matched his career high. I think if the team is going to continue to go small, at least for long stretches, Last night, Bismarck Biombo played 16 minutes. Vernon Carey played five. Cody Zeller played five. So a lot of the game was played, over 20 minutes was played, without a traditional center out there on the floor. If you're going to do that, you need other guys with size to come out there and provide rebounding. Jalen McDaniels tends to come in and spell either a P.J. Washington or a Miles Bridges. And pulling down nine boards, 
back-to-back nights means it's not a fluke. It's a focus. And Jalen McDaniels did a good job there. Also, matches career high with three made threes. So Jalen McDaniels, my silver linings from last night's game. Coming up next, LaMelo Ball is back. So is the Rookie of the Year campaign. What is the latest numbers we're watching for in terms of will LaMelo get the Rookie of the Year? That's next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, the buzz is building. For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. Lock in your price today. Now Dragic trying to beat the buzzer. Missed on the three. Long pass to Terry Rozier. Can he beat the half buzzer? Yes! Touchdown, Hornets! LaMelo Ball got the rebound. Turn and threw it. And Terry Rozier can do a dance in the end zone. Full court pass. And the Hornets turn a 12-point deficit into just a 7-point game in a matter of 15 seconds. LaMelo Ball's ability to make amazing happen never ceases to amaze. Didn't help the team to a win last night, but certainly made SportsCenter, made all the highlight shows. A full court pass with less than three seconds remaining is just remarkable what he is able to do. Final stat line for LaMelo Ball last night, 14 points, six rebounds, five assists, four steals. Did turn the ball over five times and went over three from beyond the arc, but overall his impact certainly was felt. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. Starting to see it again, the drumbeat of can LaMelo Ball win Rookie of the Year? Now, I thought with him coming back, it would kind of clear the deck a little bit. We'll look at the rookie ladder when it comes out again. That'll be a constant topic. If he's not in the top two, I'm never going to buy a Kia. It's, uh, it, it would just be ridiculous. He, he has to be top two now that he's back and demonstrated what he can do. There's no one other than Anthony Edwards that deserves to be considered. But I'm accepting of the argument that Anthony Edwards deserves to be considered and maybe should still be a favorite for the award because he is clearly leading the rookie class in scoring. And for everything great LaMelo Ball does, scoring-wise, he's a couple points behind his fellow rookie Anthony Edwards, and this award tends to go, doesn't always, but it tends to go to the highest score. Did they rename it Rookie of the Year Leading Scorer Award? Well, no, but I think— I get what you're saying. But, I get what you're saying. I'm being facetious. Well, when you when you look at the best rookies, they tend to be the highest picks. Sure. And the teams with the highest picks are already the worst teams. And to expect any 19-, 20, 21-year-old to come in— and instantly turn a franchise into a winner, it's just not going to happen. I would say even with LaMelo Ball playing the full season, if Gordon Hayward were not on this Hornets team, Gordon Hayward is worth more wins to this team in this season than LaMelo Ball was. I, that would be my argument. Sure, but you know, having LaMelo certainly helps to a certain extent. So I just think that the way that LaMelo is able to just hype up this team, like I mentioned, the energy that he provides – it just goes on another level. Now, obviously, I haven't gotten a chance to watch 40-some-odd games of the Minnesota Timberwolves other than the two games that the Hornets have played them this season. So I don't know if Anthony Edwards and the and the Timberwolves do the same thing. I don't know if it's when he's on the floor, you know, they get a little bit more juice. Carl Anthony Towns is, you know, dunking the ball a little bit harder or hitting a couple more threes. I don't know that, but based on what I've been able to see from LaMelo Ball, 
He is must-watch TV. He has been the guy that you see on SportsCenter every night. Now, yeah, Anthony Edwards had a great dunk a couple months ago that you know shook the airwaves throughout the association, but LaMelo has been doing this every time he's on the floor. In the past two games, if I had a vote for Rookie of the Year and I see what LaMelo did the last two games, he was on the floor not even five minutes, and he's underhanding a you know, a, a bowling ball, softball, rise ball, whatever you want to call it, pass 80 feet down the floor on the money to Miles Bridges. I mean, Anthony Edwards just isn't doing that. And I get that, you know, they have different styles of play, but come on. I mean, the way that LaMelo is able to just change the game and be such an X factor out on the floor, he's more than just a scorer. And I think that the award needs to reflect that. Well, I think it is definitely a two player race. And, and the question of whether or not LaMelo ball wins that race. No, it'll remain to be seen that the two cases previously of a player playing a, a really LaMelo-ish similar number of games compared to the overall available are 1986, Patrick Ewing won the award. He played 50 out of 82, which is a smaller percentage than LaMelo will end up playing, assuming he finishes out the season. But Patrick Ewing that year led all rookies in scoring and rebounding. And LaMelo is not going to do that. He'll lead all rookies in assists, but he will not lead them in points, which is usually the main focal point. And he's not necessarily close. He's three points per game back of Anthony Edwards. Now, Anthony Edwards attempts four more shots a game. He's on a bad team. He's going to get all these shots. LaMelo Ball is playing on a contending team. It's not his game to just chuck it up every time down the floor, which is essentially what Anthony Edwards is doing, but the stats are what the stats are. The other year is 2007. Brandon Roy won the award. He played in only 57 of 82 games. But again, he led all rookies in scoring that year, also led them in assists. So I think LaMelo Ball missing that scoring statistic, if he can't make it closer, which he could do, because we saw him drive the ball a little bit more this last game against the Miami Heat, physically can dominate a lot of guards. He even gave the two small signal to Kendrick Nunn at one point in the game. Look, he's a confident kid. I wouldn't be shocked if he starts averaging close to 20 points per game again and narrows that gap, but the gap still exists. Here's head coach James Borrego on LaMelo Ball getting back into the rotation, how he's looked two games into his return. He's getting there. I mean, every game, you know, hopefully he gets a little bit more and more comfortable. You know, he's trying to find his rhythm again. He's been out for a while. We're all trying to get used to, to him. He's trying to get used to us. And, you know, at times it's difficult against a very physical, good defense like Miami. You know, they challenge you. They put pressure on you. You know, we just got to continue to coach him and teach him and, He'll handle it. You know, he, he's watching himself. He understands he, he made a few out there that he'd like to have back. But we'll get better rhythm. We have a few more games to go here. And I expect us to get better, you know, every single night. So uh, we learn from it. He'll learn from it. We'll grow. LaMelo Ball last night against Miami was a net minus one on the takeaway giveaway chart. He had five turnovers, but he also had four steals. He, he just has those instincts for the passing lanes. It is uncanny. But that, I think, is the one element that, from a winning standpoint, we're waiting to see LaMelo kind of get back into his normal form. From a scoring standpoint, from a passing standpoint, in terms of what he's willing to do and what he can do, He's always going to be next level, but just dialing it in a little bit more so that he's not having as many of the turnovers, maybe more of the careless turnovers, the risk turnovers that comes with the territory, but the careless turnovers, those are the ones you want to clean up. And I think it's just at this point, it's getting back into that game speed, getting back into the fold. They had two days off. 
then they had the back-to-back. But when they had those two days off, not everybody was practicing. Everybody was trying to get some rest. So you weren't playing fives or fours or threes, whatever kind of drills you were going through. You weren't playing with Terry Rozier. You weren't playing with, you know, some of those guys that needed some rest, like Miles Bridges or, you know, even some of the bigs there as well. So, you know, it's just, it's going to take some time. It's going to take a couple games. We saw that at the beginning of the season when LaMelo got inserted into the starting lineup, he was playing with a different unit and it took a game or two for them to kind of mesh. So, you know, I'm not too, too concerned about those turnovers. I think that over time, they're just going to take care of themselves. Hornets don't have a whole lot of time to figure everything out here because there's only eight games left in the season. Things are uh, they're getting interesting. Squad now has a half-game lead over Indiana for the number eight position. Number seven, not out of the question, but more and more unlikely. What is the prognosis for the final eight games? Which subset is the most important of them? It's right around the corner, in my opinion. We'll talk about it next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, be sure to download the Hornets app on your mobile device. The Hornets app is your access to all new features and exclusive content, including the new game day experience for every game this season. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. Rob, eight games remain in the regular season. Hornets 31 and 33. They are a half game up on Indiana for the number eight position and two and a half games back of Boston now for number seven. They don't hold the tiebreaker, obviously, against the Celtics, so trailing them two in the loss column is really more like trailing them three in the loss column if you want to consider what they need to do to make up. Boston did have an injury issue at the end of their last game last night. Uh, We haven't heard much on the follow-up on Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. They kind of collided, I guess. Haven't heard much on what moving forward this is going to look like, but let's just assume they're going to come back because you certainly don't want to root for injuries. So assuming they come back, they trail... Boston and Miami essentially by three games in the loss column each. So it's unlikely there. So this is kind of about survival, staying in that 7-8 game, giving yourself two cracks at a win to make it into the playoffs versus having to win two in a row. Half-game lead on Indiana. The Hornets do hold the tiebreaker there. I think these next four games for Charlotte are the critical ones because they're the easier ones. They're going to go to Detroit tomorrow. We'll have the full preview podcast for you tomorrow right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Then they come home and play Chicago, who is still a dangerous team, but could at that stage be on the precipice of borderline elimination at that point. I mean, the Hornets' magic number could be down to two or one at that stage, but the Bulls are three games back of Washington right now for the last play-in tournament spot. Their odds are getting very long right now, so... You know, maybe the Hornets get the benefit of playing a Chicago team that's lacking a lot of motivation to really give it their best effort at that stage. And then after that, you've got Orlando, who's already been eliminated, and the New Orleans Pelicans. So the rematch of the Ball Brothers in that one. Zion Williamson making his one trip to the Hive for that one as well. New Orleans, though, similar to Chicago. They are in the 11th spot. They've got a three-game gap in the loss column to the number 10 team, San Antonio. So motivation could be a factor for that one as well. Long way of saying these next four games are critical for the Hornets because they seem to be the most winnable of their final eight. After that, you've got home games against Denver and the Clippers, two elite teams, and then the road trip to the Knicks and Washington. So if the Hornets want to hang on to eighth place, going 4-0 and here would really help, but I think you have to go at least 3-1. and 
yeah, I can't remember what day or how long ago we had this discussion on the podcast before, but I think I said that the Hornets needed to go seven and six, I think, down the stretch. I think that's what you're talking about. And it was the locks were Detroit twice, and then you had to beat Chicago and you had to beat Orlando. So there's your four games. And then you had to pick up three elsewhere. So you would hope that you're going to be able to pick up a win against the Pelicans on Mother's Day, Ball Brothers, all that fun stuff here at the Hive, of course. It's tough because this Denver team is going to be tough coming in here down the stretch. And so are the Clippers because those two teams are locked into trying to jockey for playoff position in the Western Conference. There's only a half game that separates those two. So they're not going to be resting anybody anytime soon. And then you got teams like the Knicks, and then you have the Wizards. Now, the Wizards, depending on what happens, it's looking like they're probably going to get that 10th seed just because of the way that they're playing, but they're going to be playing for a lot more too because they are only a game and a half behind Indiana for ninth, and then that would only put them two games behind the Hornets for eighth. So they're trying to get out of that 9-10 matchup as well because they've been playing so well over the last 10-15 games. So there's going to be a lot to play for here down the stretch, and you're probably right where you're looking at a 3-1 and one stretch here over the next four games to at least make sure that you're trying to stay in that top half of the play-in bracket, whether that's 7th place or 8th place. The last piece of this is got to keep an eye on the Pacers because Indiana is the closest team to the Hornets right now. They're a half game back. Hornets do hold the tiebreaker in that one, but they're even in the loss column, so you have to play to the same record, I suppose, that Indiana does in their final eight games here. They're going to play Washington tonight on the road. Washington is very motivated. They're playing extremely well. That is not an easy game for the Pacers in a stretch. But after that, they're home against Sacramento. That should be a win. Home against Atlanta. That's a difficult game for sure. Home against Washington. Home court advantage, but again, a surging Wizards team. So their next four are really difficult or have some degree of difficulty to them. Then they're going to have at Cleveland, should be a win, home against Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and the Lakers. Who knows how motivated any of those teams will be at that point, and at Toronto. So all in all, it's a very home-heavy schedule for Indiana, which you would think would be advantage Pacers. But think again, because Indiana at home this year is 11-19, and 19, so maybe home is not the answer for the Pacers so far this season, and the Hornets hold the tiebreaker. But I think, again, it illustrates these next four games are critical. This is the most important four-game stretch. I know I'm copying the cliche that the guys use on me all the time, like next game is the most important game, next game is the most important game. But it is. It really is at this stage because these are the four most winnable on your schedule. We are at home for three of them. The one on the road is at Detroit, who is terrible right now. Things are unfolding in your favor. You have to take advantage of it. Couldn't said it any better myself. And you finally have the Cavalry coming back. You finally get Malik Monk. You finally get back Lamelo Ball, obviously. We don't know what the status is of Cody Martin moving forward. So there might be some moving parts in the starting five as well. You know, Jalen McDaniels came off the bench last night, 12 points, 9 rebounds. He might get called upon to come back into the starting lineup. And the first time around, he did a great job with it. But again, you know, for every action, there's an opposite reaction. And that is taking away from the bench and you know the bench scoring has not been there for the Hornets as of late yeah last night they put up 47 points but a lot of that was in mop-up time late in the fourth quarter so it's going to be interesting to see coming down the stretch what happens but you know I think you absolutely positively have to go three and one over these next four and then you got to hope to maybe steal a couple against whether that's Denver LA or the Knicks or the Wizards on the road so 
lot to uh, lot to play for coming down the stretch here. Yeah, we don't know anything right now on Cody Martin, but to your point, you know, it could be a Jalen McDaniels going into the starting lineup. If he can't go, could be his brother Caleb going in. It could be the return of a center. Maybe we see Bismarck Biombo or Cody Zeller come in, try and reconfigure things a little bit. Or maybe it's the three-guard look. Maybe it is Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, and LaMelo Ball all starting together. We shall see. It'll be an interesting stretch run here for the Hornets. Meaningful basketball is back here in the Queen City. Hornets will take on Detroit tomorrow. We'll have our preview podcast for you then. Till next time, for everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us today on the Hornets Hivecast. And in the words of LaMelo Ball. Thank you. Have a good day. Wear your mask. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.